Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, Episode 5. It's going to be an exciting one, guys. We have a special guest, but before we get into that, let's slide right into this week's quick and dirty recap. Yeah, so this week I managed to uh, order a set of coilovers, managed to clean up the unibody, which on my Jeep is currently cracked, so that's moving along, and we managed to get the truss burned into the rear axle. And that was quite the process involving space heaters, blowtorches, and a welder. Like a big old pig in a blanket, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to wrap the welding blanket around the rear differential to get that thing to cool down appropriately. Because when you weld to cast steel, you need to give it time to equalize in the cooling process. But more importantly, I think we should uh, hop into our guest, Sean. Sean, I have to ask, being the president of Backyard Built, how the hell did you get into wheeling? Well, uh, first off, uh, hi, I'm Sean. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Um, got into wheeling way back in the day, actually. My dad started off with building a mud bogger way back, got me into it when I was really young. And growing up, just wanted to continue that, so... Built a Jeep that was way too big, uh, you know, eight inches of lift, what turned into Papa Smurf. Um, and then started playing in some mud, met some kids on the trail. One of them, a uh, good buddy of mine, Miner, um, he was like, oh, mud's fun. Try the rock face. So I hopped on the rock face, went up it, and, uh, you know, that that got me going. I was like, holy crap, that was enjoyable. That's That's different than you know, anything else I've ever done. So uh started doing that, realized mud's not fun when you're working on your vehicle underneath it and it's getting in your eye. And uh went from there, just kind of kind of slowly building, getting bigger and, you know, learning who people were in the off-road community where I was. And... So is this right around the time period that you decided that you wanted to start out the club and I know Graham was a part of the starting of the club, but I don't know the backstory on that. So would you uh, cue us in? So actually, the uh, the beginning was I started out with another group called Toilet 4x4. Um, and we obviously wheeled illegally for a while and then decided to uh, go to an NEA run, open run. And a couple of us went, enjoyed it. So we got into the NEA and then never wheeled with the NEA properties at all. We actually stopped wheeling 100%. And from that, I was like, well, this this isn't fun anymore. What was the point? I've got all this legal land, but I don't know how to access it. So I took the right steps to form a group. I kept telling people, hey, I think I'm going to start my own thing and other guys and girls were like yeah i'm in let's go let's go so i told my older brother who at the time had a jeep I was like, hey i'm thinking about starting a club and he's like let's do it what do we got to do so i uh i called up a friend of mine who was in a different club and uh asked her said you know can uh can you help me out let's get this club going i want you to be my secretary slash whatever position you want let's let's figure it out there's there's the three of us and from then, I just started bringing in other people, you know, bringing in more friends, Colin Bates, my buddy Miguel, who's recently been back out with us. Um, met up with uh, Graham and Jake when they came to buy some parts from me, told them what I was doing. And they were like, yeah, let's go. Let's let's do it. 
um, told a few other people that at the very beginning, I, I can't remember everyone that was there at the very beginning, but man, yeah, I know we have that a it's group. changed a lot since we've joined. Um, and by we, I mean myself, Richie and Cody here, but could you explain what the NEA is like, um, I feel like that's a topic that really doesn't get discussed and with the people that listen, we have everyone from, you know, stock rigs to like one tons, forties, buggies. And... Yeah. So the, the NEA is a general, just kind of a parent club of all of these different clubs throughout New England. Um, and NEA 4WD is the actual small name for it, um, which is the Northeast Adventure or Northeast. Uh, somebody else correct me here. Uh, <laughs> Northeast Association of Foil Drive Clubs. Sorry. That was okay. horrible. Um, so pretty much they... Uh, their focus is to get people out of illegal wheeling and getting them off of these illegal properties and screwing it all up for us that are trying to create a better name for the legal side of it and, and keeping things, you know, kosher with those that are like, oh, we want to protect the land. Well, so do we. We don't want to ruin it at all. But then there's the people that just don't realize that. They don't realize they're going into this property, destroying the property. And then, you know, it, it affects so many other people and the environment around it. Whereas with the NEA, their mission is to show you, hey, we can do this legally, we can do this responsibly, and we can bring in, you know, the right resources to then continue on, you know, keeping it safe for everyone, keeping the environment, you know, free of trash. When you go into a trail that the NEA has been to, you don't see trash. It's all cleaned up. You know, we might get invited out, you know, the NEA might get invited out to another property somewhere saying, hey, we'd love to help clean this. You know, we'd love to have you come in and help clean this up with whatever you can. And we'll let you wheel it for this long, you know, this time period. And the NEA will come in. We'll do that. A bunch of clubs will get together and we'll go clean it up. Go from there. Fair. Yeah. And that's that's uh, you can't downplay how much better the properties are just in general, because their entire focus is on, you know, off-road vehicles, right? Everything there is is built for us to play. So coming from something that's not necessarily set up for a vehicle to drive through to a place where we literally cut trails for vehicles to drive through is, it's an insane difference. And I don't think anybody who has wheeled in an NEA property would would consider even going back to not wheeling any a property just because it's it's just way more convenient way more fun you can get way more you know out of your time if you go to a property that's maintained by somebody who actually cares about the sport my first time wheeling with the nea was an open run at brookridge and after i wheeled there i was like i'll never wheel illegal again no way this is the best yeah. thing i've ever seen in my life the absolute awesome obstacles that you can imagine, you know, for at the time, you know, it's gotten way harder, way bigger obstacles in that property, yeah, it, which is, it's, an, it's insane to see how much that place has changed since you know, the growth just there in the past yeah. five years has been insane. When did they initially pick that property up? So that property has been in with the NEA, um, 
I want to say 10 years. Don't quote me. Could be a little longer. I haven't been part of it that long. Mm-hmm. Um, the NEA bought the property out, uh, I want to say, two years ago, two and a half years ago. So it is owned by pretty much anyone that's in any NEA club. So yep. you all have access whenever you want. You don't have to ask the you know, landowner for permission. You don't have to make sure that there's a special day you got to go there. You can go there any day. Mm-hmm. And we all are. Right. You have to have a certain amount of people with you, of course, but it's worth it. So, you know, I think we just covered that pretty well. You want to maybe tell us about what the club is now, what the requirements are to join, why it's structured the way it's structured. And I mean, we have a board of directors member here and we got the president. So who better to explain it? Oh boy, putting me on the spot with trying to remember our own rules. No, uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure our requirements are 33s and up for si- tire size. Um, obviously, you have to have tow points. If you don't have tow points, you have no point on being on any trail anywhere, I don't think. Uh, so front and rear tow points, and that's really it. We just kind of, we're, we're an open to more stock-friendly vehicles um, than most clubs that are out there. And I push that because... I want to see people grow. I want to see them wheel with guys with 40s and go, whoa, I want to go wheel with that guy more. Let me go build my Jeep. Let yeah. me get up to that guy's point. And, it, and I've seen it. I've <laughs> seen it with Cody. Cody came in. He was you know, a little bit less built, and he's gotten way bigger. He has way better plans for the future with his rig. I mean, myself, I started out with a decent-sized rig at the beginning. I rolled it, unfortunately, and... I started new, but I'm going a different route with it a little bit. I can still go wheel with you guys and also go do what I like to do on the side. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but the club is... Sean. Go ahead. Could, could you tell us a little bit more about your little rollover there? Because I've only heard <laughs> bits and pieces of that story. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> so that was at Ma Bell. Um, I was going up... Uh, I can't remember what section but i was coming up this thing i'm watching everybody else in front of me hit it and i'm like okay i got this i've never been up this portion of it i always go far left on this part i'm like i got it i'm watching these guys they're getting their front tires on hitting it so they're back you know it doesn't jump it just shoots right up and i decided to do that but of course i'm running the worst tires you could possibly run in new england um Mm -hmm. They were cut by me at an <laughs> earlier date to get better traction, which and they were doing possible. better. They were but doing the, a little better. I give them, I give them a ten percent better. They, they suck. Hang they on, suck. hang <laughs> on. Wait a minute. When did you put Milestar Patagonias on your Jeep? Milestar Patagonias. <laughs> Milestar. Uh, I was running general grabber, like desert racing tire. I, I don't even know what they were. They're <laughs> just general grabbers. the grabbers. Don't you do it. it. Oh, I will do it. Little brother. I will do it. <laughs> Those were the worst tires ever for what I was doing. So and I, I was... actually ran a set of those uh, in the past and had really good luck with them. But the tire buyer that I was going through was able to get me a set that were like a desert compound. So they were a different compound. They were, I think, a race carcass, if I remember correctly. They hooked really well. But the second there was a drop of mud on the trail, 
forget it. They're just like mile stars and they slide off everywhere. Well, that was my problem. I was sliding off of dry rock. I literally, I have a video of my tires not grabbing, literally sliding off of it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. The other thing (laughs) that happened that I saw in that video was because if you've listened to the previous podcast, you know, my disdain for poor suspension designs, you had radius arms under there and they just (laughs) let go and your front axle literally fell out under the vehicle staying attached by the shocks that was it, it. it i mean it didn't help that i had 16 inch travel shocks in the front of an eight inch <laughs> oh, Cherokee. so it uh when they let out they let out and um yeah so when Wait, i was that coming thing up had that, an eight inch lift that had eight inches of lift at one point it had 10 i had to lower it to get the wow. steering to line up um, <laughs> I built it for Jesus mud, Christ. not for rocks. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I I ended up in rocks. Um, but yeah, coming up that it it just lost traction, and then like he said in the video, you can see it unload the front, and I just started hopping in the front, and that was it. I went for reverse. I hit neutral with the shifter, and the handle came off, and I was like, "Oh, that's it. We're not. We're going. It's all done." Your and handle went, came off. Yeah, the shifter handle popped right off because I, you know, it was just loose from being used so much going back and forth, being beat up and whatnot. <laughs> well, yeah, they're yeah, only like was, just uh, fit in there. The first couple yeah, yeah. times they're tough, but after the, that, they get they get loose. The first two times you take that off, it it loosens it up so much, and I've taken yeah. it off probably a hundred times in that Jeep for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember why, but. You know, I joined you, uh, Sean, with the whole flipping there this past weekend. It was very slick, and I went up to it kind of, well, the last time I was at Ma Bell, I was with Luke, and it was the driest day ever. And this past weekend, I went up to it, and I'm like, you know, already my Jeep had made it up one of the other hard obstacles that nobody else made it up. Sorry. Um, And so I come up to this, and I'm like... I got this. I'm good. You know, I got got the girlfriend filming me. I'm like, I'll hit it. So I went to the left of where your line was, which is still, which is the better line, but still, it's pretty easy to fall into that bad line. And I started going up it and didn't really hit it with enough gusto. And my front end slid over like two feet. And instantly I just envisioned, I'm like, oh, don't be like Papa Smurf. Don't be like Papa Smurf. Like slapped it into reverse, <laughs> cut the wheel back, like back down it. And luckily I was, I was safe and I was fine. But there was like a good probably two milliseconds where I was just like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that spot's not a fun spot. And I, um, I, I wish I could go back and redo it again. I, I you know, that Jeep, it, it kind of was a staple around the area. Everybody knew it. I, I had kids that loved it and shit, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, that was a good, good run. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the color was just iconic. I mean, blue <laughs> isn't really a special color, but it was like an electric blue. I can sort of go through some of the, the little things that thing had. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't built like a normal Cherokee I'd, I'd ever seen before. It had some interesting stuff going on. Um, I don't know about interesting. I mean, it had a eight and a half inch long. Yeah, well, I mean, like that, I said, yes, at one point it was, it was ten inches at one point, and that I couldn't get the steering to line up at all. Um, I had a front Dana thirty with the locker four fifty six gears. 
Uh, it had a truss. The rear was a 488, which used to be Colin Bates, so it's got a slight bend to it because he jumped it. Uh, that had a truss and locked and, I mean, geared. Um, I mean, it's such a shock that Colin jumped something. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I had a sure. roll bar inside. That wasn't bad. Uh, when I did roll that, still, it didn't. I could run my hand all the way around. It wasn't touching the ceiling. So, I mean, I did okay, but that thing crumpled up like a tin can. Oh, yeah. But if you're tall like me, that's still not high enough. My freaking, I had to put my stuff outside because wearing a helmet in my Jeep, I have like less than three fingers width of room, or not three fingers width, maybe two fingers width of room to the top of my helmet and the roof. And my seats are laid back like a mofo. Well, you can't lay them back. You have to put them down. Seats go down. You need, you need lower seats. That's how you They're the already like basically sitting as low as they can. Picture a piece of Dom mounted to the floor, tied into the uh, floorboards and the rockers, and then uh, drop a seat mount on top of that, and you've got my seat mounts. So I can't really go much lower. I just don't really... I've never really fit all that well into Cherokees. The only one that I fit really well into was my Black 98, and that was because I had some plastic race buckets because I was a high schooler and thought they were cool. <laughs> but anything comfortable, and my ass just does not fit into a Cherokee. Hey, I got you those plastic buckets free, though, with the cushions to go with them. No, those well, were the just... ones out of uh, your first Jeep. Remember we pulled those out and we swapped my seats next to your barn? Or, yeah, uh, I shed? gave them to you for free. No, that was part of you buying the Jeep, dumbass. Oh. All right. Well, let, 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 let's yeah. uh, continue here. We haven't gotten Sorry. to my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see what your favorite part was in a minute. Um, I did have an Xterra roof rack that I customized to put on the roof. Um, you know, you take it off a normal Xterab and uh, you just chop roughly three inches in the front, and they they fit on really nice. Un unfortunately, when I rolled, the thing got a little fucked up. Couldn't reuse it. That uh, was that was my favorite part right there. Was, ah, was, was that just because it was I'd never. And I, I'm not the only one. I don't think I heard a couple other people mention it a few times over the course of its life. Was like. You know, how did you put an Xterra roof rack on a Cherokee? And I've heard you explain how you have to chop it a few times. I just thought that was a, you know, kind of a different thing to do. I've never seen another Jeep with that. Yeah, no, I had, um, I actually just found out a guy in Connecticut has a Jeep with that on it. Um, wow. I was just talking to somebody about it today and he was like, oh, dude, I've never seen this. I was like, have you ever seen my old Jeep? I was the first one. I swear. <laughs> I actually, Probably. I wasn't the first. I did copy a guy, but okay. he did it wrong. Um, he took two of the Xterra racks, cut the front off on both, uh, and like butted them up against each other. It, it looked horrible. He like chopped the back section off and it just, hmm. it didn't look right. And I was like, dude, no, let me try to do this better. So I, I did. <laughs> well, that is definitely a bit of a uh, different modification to do. For sure. Um, so I know that after you rolled it, you built that green Jeep. And I'm going to just quickly spitball through what I remember on it. It's got, what, one-ton steering, rough country long arms, like a four-inch lift. Uh, if I remember correctly, it might have like 12 inches of travel on them shocks uh that's that's as far as my memory goes 
Yeah, I just got um, it, it was a four inch lift. It's now up to about a five, five and a half ish. Thirty uh, threes. I'm not running anything crazy. They're just BF Goodwrench all terrains. Um, I got onboard air. I converted the air compressor and or the AC compressor to an air compressor. Um, and then I got an inverter in the back. I just fixed. We can use it for welding next time. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. nice. Um, <laughs> and that's one thing that I do have to say, going, bringing this back to the club, that I love about the club. Because we've got Kish with his short arms, lockers, 35s, a nice three-inch lift. And we've got you with your similar build, just slightly different. His is a little bit more of a crawler yours is maybe more of an overlander if i would classify it like that oh yeah uh, and that's not a, most definitely his that's suspension not a can hang though yeah his suspension can. can hang i mean it's yeah, basically I, everything out of papa smurf right uh actually everything suspension wise out of papa smurf i sold i got rid of it uh i thought it was too big for what it was well i, I mean and, the axles and the yeah i mean the axles uh goodbye to the front axle cody's buddy picked that up um so I'm building a new one right now, uh, mm. which is in. It's got the gears. Thank you. Uh, but we it's, still need uh, to do that again because it's got that bearing problem. But yeah, the that's... bearing's really bad. The highways. We don't. I don't like the highways. Let's not do highways. <laughs> it's not fun. The vibration's insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, for the small build that it is. It's for overlanding. I built it so I could tow my little off-road trailer, which has a rooftop tent, but I also built it so I could hang with the club and continue on wheeling and hit the blacks if I want to. And I have Brookridge. Mm -hmm. I did that whole black route that you guys did uh, two weeks ago. And I did that whole thing. I think it was like a month and a half, two months before and didn't have any hiccups. And then this time I, I did some damage. There's, there's definitely some damage going out to do those recoveries. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, but you yeah. also did that uh, Creeks Trail up at Battleground, too. Yeah, that, I that did. was pretty that was fun impressive. to watch. You did yeah, most of that thing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, that was, um, I pretty much watched where everybody was going with their buggies and, uh, and their one ton <laughs> Cherokees. It was like, <laughs> can't go that route. Yeah, it's but... easy when you watch the other person do it first. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I looked at the route, I kind of walked it first, and I kind of knew where I needed to place my Jeep or aim it at least to get it to where it needed to go. And I knew it with three wheel at least a couple times. And, uh, you know, that's that's exactly what I did. I needed a little bit of spotting here and there, and, and I got right up it. And, you know, I did it a little easier than some of the other buggies. The yeah, pink amazing. one that was out there. It's amazing what the uh, what the driver model do. No, oh, yeah. we don't talk about the driver mod because that is distinctly lacking here. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I don't know. Hey, my, yourself. My, my wheeling... Yourself. My wheeling type has gotten a lot different from when I used to wheel Papa Smurf to now when I wheel my green Jeep. It's it's way different. I'm more relaxed. I'm less, you know, oh, let's just get through this. It's more, well, let's see what I got to do here. Let's, let's take a look. Let's slow down a little bit. And that, that seems to be working out a whole lot better. I don't break as much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, from say that particular level of jeep or that style of jeep you start moving out of the daily category more closer to what cody has with his uh black jeep which we've already covered a little bit so i'm just going to run through real quick but if i remember correctly it's got a clayton ish long arm setup on it that i built him 
Um, it's got stiffeners, Dana 44 out of Graham's Jeep, 30 out of Kish's parts rig, and gears, lockers, yada yada, generic XJ mods that are required to keep it happy she running foxed. blacks. Yeah, um, she foxed. <laughs> yeah. Surprising buggy, buggy guys left and right. It's pretty great. It's it's entertaining because that's like the next step up, and that is more than welcome in the club as well. And then from there, we get to the people like Colin, Graham, and myself, where you know, you're talking about not stock axle swaps like a 44, 60, 50, 10, 5, 60, 10, 5. Um, and I enjoy the variety because sometimes it's nice to go out with a club and you know, go spot the blues and the easy black trails or hang out with the buggies running reds. And yes. I'm going to interject here real quick. I'm sorry. This goes back to, we mentioned it briefly at the beginning, as Sean, you did, where it's, you know, I think the, the best way to describe our club, just piggybacking off your initial thoughts, uh, was it, watching people grow, having people come in on... 33s no lockers in a short arm setup and having them see what you can do and the property that you can do it on and then be like whoa you can do really cool stuff with these things and then yeah. have them go and build it and give them help along the way i mean a lot of the club i mean we throw tech tips around between each other like like it's candy and we're always you know, whenever anybody does anything to their vehicle or you know, change it up, it's always interesting to go look at it, see what they did, and you know, talk about it. I think that's you know, that's sort of become the, at least in my mind, the you know, the culture of the club has definitely been one of taking smaller guys and turning them into bigger guys, just getting them, ushering them through the stages, and just having everybody learn. I know and that's sort of how I got started through it all, so it resonates pretty well. At that point, it also bring it makes it easier to, for you to bring in your friend that just started wheeling that, you know, has come out with you once and is like, oh crap, I want to get a Jeep, and they they can't afford to go big, you know, first time around, and they need to learn, so they they start off with a small stock Cherokee and put a three four inch lift, some thirty threes, and go and beat the crap out of it. And they're like, this is great, I want to go bigger, and then they just keep going, yep. and it's. With with our club, it's just that simple. You can invite your friend out that just got a Jeep with a small lift. You're like, hey man, let's let's see its potential. Come wheel with us. You know, we're not going to leave you hanging if you break. You're not going to turn into a trail scab. We're gonna we're gonna help get you off the trail and get you home, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's one of the things that I think people have trouble with when they're looking at clubs is they're scared. At least at least with our club, because they see some of the stuff I do and they're like. I'm not going out with you guys. You guys do insane stuff. It's like, no, it's, we won't make you do that stuff. You don't have to do that stuff. My Jeep's been around for a while and it's, I've set it up to do that. And I'm comfortable doing that now. When I first started, I look at some of the walls and I never would have even gone near them. So I think the, definitely to anybody listening, who's on the fence about joining a club, any club, just do it. Find one that, that has good character and just join it because you'll learn way more than you will by yourself. Try it out. Get out there and see what they're about. If they're not for you, they're trying to do only the hard stuff, and they only want you to be in the hard stuff. You say, hey, man, this isn't what I'm looking for. Can you point me in the right direction of another club that would be what I'm looking for? I want to be less built, 
for now and just get out there and wheel. They'll, any club, especially in New England, they'll point you to a different club that'll help you out or they might know somebody they can call and be like, hey, man, this guy wants to join you guys, you know, get out here and wheel. When's the next time you're going to be out and set you up a date instantly? I yep. mean – I would do yeah. that for anybody. I would get anybody. Oh, you got a rock crawler. You don't want to come wheel with us. You want to go wheel with the big boys. Okay. I can bring you over, you know, rockaholics or, uh, another club, um, trail slayers down in Rhode Island or I think Connecticut. I can't no, they're out of Rhode one. Island. I Rhode know Island, Rhode Island trail slayers. That's right. Yep. Um, but you know, you can, you can point them in the right direction. You know, yep. they're not going to always want to wheel with the smaller built guys or whatever, or you, might be opposite you don't want to be wheel with the you know the guys running tons but you want to get there one day that's with the nea at least you can then you know direct yeah. people in the right direction if they're not fit for your club which is perfect one of the reasons that i have stuck around as long as i have stuck around is because i can go out and i can wheel with if i want to have a nice relaxed day I can go hang out with you, hang out with Kish, grab the girlfriend, and, you know, hang out with Cody and his girlfriend, and we can go and run the blues, and I don't have to go and abuse the rig. However, those days are sometimes few and far between, so when I'm feeling frisky, I can go hop on the trail with Colin, Graham, you know, some of the guys from Rockaholics, because we've wheeled with them quite a bit throughout the years that I've been a part of the club. And every time that I've gone out, it's, I can't say that I've left ever saying, man, I wish I didn't go. It's always been, damn, this was a good time. Even when my rig breaks and I leave it on the trailer for half a day or half the weekend. Yeah, no, it's, it's worth it being able to have that pick and choose with, um, with a lot of clubs you can go with the smaller guys if you don't want to beat your rig up, you can still have a day where you, you bring the family, run the greens, run the blues, and then. You know, if you want to do harder sometimes, you can say, you know, let's leave the family at home. Let's go hit the blacks, the reds, um, yeah. and just do whatever you want to do. I think there's, you can definitely tell what the vibe of a uh, of a particular run is going to be, depending on who's going and the property you're going to. I usually have, like, I'm, I'm, I mentally prepare myself a little differently depending on who's going and where we're going. Gotcha. I'm, well, not, I'm not like sitting doing kumbaya but like you know just you know i'm preparing myself for the carnage that could happen and uh sometimes yeah. i prepare myself more and sometimes i don't because i don't expect anything well we it's hit- also nice when sorry sean but it's also nice that they never uh force you to do anything either with the club you know if there's been days where i haven't i simply haven't wanted to try things and no one's like tried pressure me into doing they always try to make sure that you're comfortable doing with whatever you're doing. That's something I always focus on is if you're not wanting to do it, I might joke with you. I might be like, ah, do it. You got this. And if you're like, I don't know, I'm like, don't pressure, dude. Don't, don't worry about it. I don't want to push you into something you don't want to do. That's, I would rather make sure you're comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable, I'm going to say, all right, move on. Don't worry about it. Let's get there. There's always ball busting, but you know, no one ever holds it against you. No, no, I I wouldn't want anybody to ever hold it against anyone, especially in our club. That's uh, that's like a no go. You know, that's yeah. Y- you be fair to everybody. Not everybody's up to par with the bigger built guys and wants to you know go roll their shit. They want to you know 
get home nicely because they may not have a trailer, so they don't want to go up the hard crap and destroy their shit and have to get yeah. AAA, you know, to go home. Yeah, right. some well, days... Like, I, I can't. Uh, some days when I go out there, I'm like, yeah, no, you know what? Whatever happens is whatever happens. Or I'll catch myself midway through the day and be like, you know, I'm cool with doing whatever I want to do. But other days I'll go out there and I'm like, today is not the day that I am feeling like pushing all of my limits. I'd much rather go out and have a fun time on the trail. Yep. Yeah, I, um, I would definitely say it's like it's it's easy to you know, pick and choose, especially with our club. You can you can choose to just have a relaxed day and then have a really hard day if you really want. Yeah. So I have to ask, with the influx of new members, how much change has there been in the club and which direction has it moved? Um, with the influx of new members, it is it has changed a lot it's uh it's actually been great i've enjoyed it a lot watching it grow from being the small little club of you know five maybe six people that hang out that wheel to sometimes we're getting 10 to 20 people now and that's i mean 20 is kind of a reach with our club at the moment but it's you know everybody's got stuff going on and then you know we get that bigger group coming out to hang and wheel it's been awesome the group's more you know, wanting to invite more people out there and get the bigger club going, I think. I think our club um, right now has a decent amount of people, but I want to get more that are more active. And the older crowd that we have that's in it has kind of pushed away um, a bit recently. Hey. And we're getting, the, <laughs> we're getting the younger crowd, which is great. I can say that. I'm older than all of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's getting the younger guys out there that are new to the sport is going to be what gets us, you know, the the more popular grouping, I should say. It, it's more of a let's go out and wheel every weekend type group. And that's what I like to see. Obviously, we're not all going to be able to go out and wheel every weekend, but if we can get out there twice a month, that'd be awesome. Right now, we're going out once a month, once every two months, maybe. And that's uh, not bad, especially during this time. Um, I mean, we've been slaying it this year. But... This year's been pretty good. But, I mean, two years ago, we had yeah. it planned out where we were out two weeks every every month. We were we had trips after trips after trips. And unfortunately, you know, because of how many trip, uh, trips we had, it was everybody was breaking. We couldn't get out, so we'd have to cancel one. But that yeah. wasn't a big deal. It was we had them on the books, ready to go. We rocked it. And then it just slowly went down from there. Now we're getting back up in numbers of actually wanting to wheel, which has been nice. And it's easy for us to just say, hey, guys, um, I'm thinking between this date or this date, you know, that weekend, this weekend and this property or this property. What do you guys want to do? And it's, you know, we do a quick vote and go, all right, let's go. Let's let's hit it. It's been pretty nice. Yeah, it's been great. Um, so I have to ask, considering we got two of the newer members here, and it seems like we've been, uh, kind of bulldozing right past them, what was your guys' experience with joining the club? Because I know that I dragged Kish kicking and screaming through Ducky into this, and by kicking and screaming, I mean he hopped in the fucking passenger seat and away we went. But, um, I know that Cody here joined up with us at the what was it 
Go Topless Day? Yeah, 2017 Go Topless Day. Uh, well, kind of. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, I learned about the club and learned about you guys in 2016 when we first met you at uh, Go Topless Day. But yeah, 2017, you guys had gone, you guys were going to Ma Bell the day after. And at that time, I had a very small Jeep. I mean, I was 31s open, open. I technically didn't even like meet the requirements to join the club. But I went out to Ma Bell, ended up running the trail. And as I was coming back down, I ended up meeting up with you guys, which was awesome because then we got to follow you guys up the whole entire trail, watch you from the side, get to interact. And then we got to watch Colin explode his his ball joints off of his Jeep, which was beautiful. I've never seen a break like that at that point. I mean, I I don't even know. I think I've like seen like a ball joint break and now the tire is like bent, but never to the point of it literally breaking the knuckle off of the axle. And it was definitely really eye-opening being able to talk with everybody and get to interact with people who they're not just friends. You know, you have your, like you start out off-roading with your friends who have their four-wheel drives who go mudding or they have trails or they own their own property or whatever it may be. And like, yeah, it's cool. Like, oh yeah, I can hit up my best friend who I went to high school with. Like, let's go mud and let's go wheeling. But the club really opens up the opportunity for somebody who like, this is their passion. I mean, for me, especially like I've been off-roading since I was like three years old, sitting in my dad's CJ seven, like this is what I love to do. So it was really awesome to know like that I have a group of people that I can hit up at any point in time and be like, Hey guys, let's go wheeling. You know, like work sucks. Life sucks down on this, down on that, throw 10 bucks in the gas tank, 20 bucks to the property owner, and you get to have a fun-ass fucking time. Seriously, and not to mention the plethora of mines for, especially Cherokees, because, I mean, they're just the used and abused redheaded stepchild at this point that everybody knows the ins and outs. They work well. They're cheap as shit. I mean, I'm into mine for 3500 bucks, and that's including brand new tires. Like, that's nothing. That's dirt compared to like a dirt bike, a brand new dirt bike costs you 6,500 bucks. And guess what? You still got to register that now in Massachusetts. So like, it's one of those things that joining the club for me was extremely eye-opening and giving me the ability to really push the sport further than what was given to me before. So, and some What's of funny, it's on that day, sorry to interrupt, on that day that you uh, went out there and wheeled at Ma Bell, I got a phone call that afternoon from Colin. Was like, "Hey man, I just met these guys out on the trail in Ma Bell. They seem awesome. They're interested in the club. What do you think?" I'm like, "What are they running?" And he said, "Thirty ones." And I was like, "Um, we'll make an exception if you like them." And he was like, "I like them. Let's do this." And I was like, "All right, let's uh, let's let's see if we can get the rest of the club to be on board with that." The rest of the BOD said, "Yeah, let's do it." And we were like, all right, let's send an invite. Let's get him in here because that sounds great. And uh, I, I believe you brought along an, um, your sister's boyfriend there um, at the time. Uh, and he joined at the same time. Yep. Yep. We were, uh, it was pretty much just like me and him. Another buddy of mine had a Toyota one or T100 buggy and another friend had a forerunner. But I mean, they're sporadic. They worked a lot. So it was just like, it was nice. Like they're still considering joining in, but right now it's currently their dailies. So they can't like just put that much time and effort into saying, Hey, yes, I want to drive my vehicle to go wheeling. But 
it's definitely nice to see. I mean, I've I've talked to a few different people. Like just this past weekend, I hit up a few people said, "Hey, let's go wheeling this weekend." And there was 12 people that were on trail. Like I did not expect it to be so like so many people. But it's nice to do that because now I can talk to them and be like, "Hey, you guys love this?" That's just one. That's one of a million different trails that we're able to go ride on if you join a club. So if you I don't was... oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I saw that um, you guys were up there with Luke. I, I forget his last name, but he's got a red TJ on 33s. He went up with Lars Corbin. Cool. Yep. Cool dude. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, cool dude. <laughs> I've been trying to net him for a while to join the club and I've just been casually like mentioning, Hey man, the club's doing this. We're going wheeling. I know you've got 33s. You've got a stockish TJ but you've got a winch and you've got 33s, so come on out, dude. Let's uh, have some fun. We'll uh, hit my bell and then see how that goes. After that goes well, then we'll invite you to another property and carry on like that. That's been the way that we've been netting a lot of people. Um, another thing that I'd like to say, one of my favorite things that has come out of the club is the shop days. Because... Sometimes it's nice when, like Cody said, you're just pissed and tired and, you know, the rig's a little pissed and tired to go sit down there, hang out and work on it. I know we did a bunch of work with uh, Richie's Jeep over the past year and Cody's Jeep. So, you know, that that's just been a major takeaway for me. Uh, Cody, I'm going to jump in on uh, the Toyota buggies that yeah. are dailies. Uh, you can wheel your daily. I so do it. It's, well, yeah. hold on, hold on. It was a, it was a back haft four link with air shocks How and that no daily? sway bars. It, so it wasn't. Well, his wasn't. But he, <laughs> he had like he had more things on his plate than just wheeling. It was not yeah, his main focus. Enough. It was a f side project for him to have fun. And then my other friend, um, it's just a forerunner on like I'd say eight to seven inches of lift uh leaf springs and it's just one of those things that he doesn't have the money to just be like well especially because toyota toyota axles cost a little bit more the things that break cost a little bit more than just your generic dana 30 u-joint axle shaft so it's just one of those things that he currently cannot just like set his mind on like hey it's worth it for me, even though he blew his head gasket this weekend, but that's besides Ugh. the point. <laughs> when I spit a cap, I pulled into a driveway or into a parking lot, and then he pulled in right behind me. He goes, hey, you broke it too? I'm like, yeah, I shot a cap out of my axle shaft. And he's like, I think I'm, I don't have any coolant. Pulls up, oh, yeah, no coolant at all. <laughs> and then, So uh, is it a 3.0? No, it's a 22RE, so it's like, I think it's a 2.2 or 2.4, huh. I believe. I know the three yep. O's like to just yeet head gaskets. Yeah, that's that's the V six, right? That in the uh, the Tacomas. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, this is a little four cylinder. That I mean, the thing does great. It's geared with five thirty eights and it wheels well. But yeah, that was funny. We slipped chains on a T case. Um, body damage. I mean, a two door got caved in. A we blew an airline on a JK buggy with 42 inch shit bulls uh, or pit bulls, depends on how you refer to them, but shit bulls. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like it, it was a it was a carnage filled weekend. It really was. But 
it was it was nice to know like I can just even though even if it was out of the group, but it's cool to see that by me being in the group, being able to share my experience that I've been able to have, that it just shows the other people who were in the same boat before as me that there's stuff for them too. Like yep. come out, have a great time. We're not all old weirdos or a bunch of young idiots. Like we are a collective group of just idiots. I don't even know, just a collective group. <laughs> like if you if you were to join a club, whether it be ours or any club in general, you will find your niche and I can promise that. Like so easily. I wanna say our our youngest in the club I think is twenty two, maybe twenty three right now. And then our unless we have somebody that's younger that I'm not thinking of. Our oldest person's in our club is actually about to hit their sixties and uh he's got a very well built one ton YJ with a uh six O in it, which he doesn't come out and wheel much with us, but he's at field and forest as much as he can get. That's pretty awesome. I've wheeled yeah, with him a couple of or I think twice. Yeah. Yeah, you've definitely wheeled him at least twice. Um and it's, you know, he's at the point, life's just a little too busy. He's, he wants to hang out with his family, so he doesn't come out wheeling as much, which is understandable. Yeah. Fair. It was cool this weekend, too, that uh, um, a, a build design that Luke and I have kind of been tossing between one another about maybe my next build, this guy had, which was really cool. It was a... Well, tech, so it's kind of not exactly what me and Luke have been talking about, but in the sense of the passenger, or like the cabin was all the way up front. I mean, you were he was sitting over his front axle, and he had a rear-mounted motor with just little Toyota axles, and the thing worked well. So it was really cool to see something that me and Luke were kind of tossing back and forth about, like, hey, this is a possible opportunity, or not opportunity, but, like, possible thing that you can do if you wanted to go this route of, get off the full body um, like rig and move into something of that manner. So it's really nice to see that. And then there was also a guy with a big, big turbo LS buggy for like ultra four car. And it was just like, Whoa, like that's fucking <laughs> rad. <laughs> What's well, like, I'm, I'm a little jealous, Cody, that you didn't, tell anyone in the club about going i would have totally been down you are not the first person <laughs> to tell me this and i do apologize again it started out as the four of us my sister brandon caitlin me it was just going to be the four of us i would have <laughs> gone i've been i've been craving a mob all day hard dude i need we, redemption come on now i haven't been back now. there since i rolled december 12th let's go i don't even know if that's a weekend but i just picked the day <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it is. Give me a Wednesday. Is that no, a Sunday? That might... No, that's um, a Saturday. So the closest weekend would be the 12th or the 13th. So yes, you would be correct. Let's go. We've got to go and do it. It's got to be the 13th because then all the, you know, if something bad's going to happen, it'll happen, Sean. I'll, uh, right. So I'll, if you somehow I'll... make it through, then you'll know you're, 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 you're through. Like it's, I may have to fail on that date. That's the problem. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. No, I got I got my wow. family that week. I got my little girl that weekend. I can't be bringing her to Ma Bell and rolling the Jeep. Hell yeah. We gotta teach her young. No, we'll we'll just throw her in someone else's Jeep. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Daddy's not hurt too bad. 
I don't know. I think I think my Jeep's down for the rest of the winter. I just uh, I got my hands on some stiffeners and uh, gonna do some nice. sliders. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a real good, real good deal. So yeah, and that is one thing that's always entertaining is watching stuff grow up. Like part of the reason that I might have stolen Cody's thunder is I worked with him so closely on building his Jeep to be exactly what it is, and I'm almost as proud of it as I am of my own. Because it's interesting to see someone else wheeling something that you sat there and helped him to build. Literally, he used my welder at my shop, and it was quite the entertaining experience to uh, see his Jeep grow up. And I know that Richie's been down at my shop. We've done his sliders and stuff. We've done his stickers. And I got some shop time scheduled. Oh, yeah, you do. (laughs) It's my turn now, boys, after you're all done. (laughs) <laughs> that's gonna be a while well why what are you gonna be planning who me you yeah. can't just leave yeah. us hanging what do oh, you want just... <laughs> oh just you know fixing my floors finally doing my bump stops like a lot of maintenance okay. and preventative stuff along with a few minor upgrades like you know i want to redo my rear bumper high in a few things better just try, try to make the Jeep more sound so it'll just keep going without any major failures. Yeah, that's always nice. Your rear bumper I, I have to... needed a little bit of work just to straighten it out, right? Yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, because right now I can't open my hatch. <laughs> oh. I, I, I came down on it really hard at Brookridge the other week and just I've been too lazy to loosen the bolts to tweak it down and... I've been too lazy to use a giant 15-pound dead blow hammer to slam it down like last time. Mm. So I, I, w- I want to do a couple of things to try to make it a little bit stronger and less bendy. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, cut, if you cut the edges, right, so it didn't yeah. have that, that chin that grabs stuff. Yeah, I know that, that's I had like a the bumper, main problem. When I had a bumper similar to that, it was it was always on my mind to cut those back because I'd always just envision them grabbing a rock because I don't even have any body there. I think you still have body there. Nope. Maybe you don't. Yeah, you cut it. You trimmed it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Even if you well, just I'm, cut a V. I, I was into thinking it. kind of like Colin's idea that he gave me of uh, putting like a plate or a tube or something underneath that cut body to kind of help protect right there some but also like give it a little bit more of a brace without catching rocks every damn time I come down. And, yeah. I, and I know the exact rock that did it too. It's the one that you hit coming off of a uh, split rock. I came down hard on that thing. Yeah, that usually eats the uh, rear bumper a little bit. I actually just found online on eBay, there's some frame stiffener pieces you can get to slide in that replace the nuts up there. That yep. also holds your rear bumper a little bit more steady. I just ordered oh, that, it the other that, day. That's how that's how mine is. It came with it where it's a it's an entire like insert that goes in and it replaces your nut strip. Oh, that's easy. interesting. I haven't seen that before. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen these, and I was like, "Yep, I need that for my tire carrier because it's wobbly as could be." Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Sean, I have the dirt bound Mohave or whatever rear bumper. Yep, actually, I just found those on Dirtbound. Is um, was those inserts you can get them? Yeah, uh, yeah. separate. 
That's yeah, what I, I have. Used them, I used them for my bumper when I built that. Ties so, all the way back. Cody, I know yes. that um, after joining your Jeep took quite the transformation. How did that end up like coming about? Because, you know, with Kish, I always knew where his Jeep was going to kind of end up being like he lives down the road from me. So the parts trains very, very short. But yeah. I know with your rig, you started out, like you said, on 31s, and we've discussed in previous episodes where it's ended up. Why did it end up going there, and, like, how did the club play into that? So, technically, it started out completely bone stock. Like, there was nothing done to it. I robbed the lift off of another Jeep, threw it onto it, and put some 31s. And then when I met the club, it was like, all right, hey. These things ain't working. You gotta at least bump up to 35s. You gotta get the lower control arm. Actually, I think I had bent lower control arms, but still. You gotta get at least up to 35s to really start hanging with people. So I did. Went around, scoured online, ended up finding a nice... <laughs> an eh set of 36-inch IROX, which did phenomenal for the time being. They were 200-odd dollars. Slapped them on and just went. We went to... At that point, we went to Harris Mountain. At When I was there, I had troubles making it up some obstacles, but not all. And as I was there, I was kind of talking to Luke, and he was like, hey, if you grab the locker, just like let me know. Like Just stop by the shop, and we could slap it in. It'll really step your game up from like going from having to slam. Was that Harris, or was that Ma Bell? I think that was Ma Bell, because we were talking about that up near the top of Ma Bell, uh, I think. So it might, I know that there was definitely a Harris trip, then a Mabel trip, and then it was Badlands. Because I know I was locked going up to Badlands. I think actually it was Harris, Mabel, Mabel, Badlands. I could, it's, it's been like two years now, so it's a little foggy with the memory. But um, from there, Luke offered his shop time. He said, hey, right now there's not much things going on in my shop. If you want, grab a, uh, a locker, we could slap it in. Boom. Locker went in, grabbed a lock. Great. I'm lying. It's actually a USA Alloy locker. Uh, it's a Spartan. Is it Spartan? Oh, shit. I don't even know what's in my Jeep. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, threw that in, and that was huge. Huge, huge, huge. Doing that front locker really stepped my game up to where I didn't have to just slam into everything to climb up stuff. I, I could actually like use the, the traction and after that, Graham was throwing around the idea of like, hey, like I have this Dana 44 just sitting around. Like, please, I don't care. Like, I did payments for a few weeks because I was just like, hey, man, like I just don't have it. He was like, I don't give a shit. He's like, take it away. No Pay one would buy it. No yeah. one would buy it. It was an amazing axle. I loved it. How often do you come across a factory Cherokee Dana 44? I still nerd out about the stupid thing. And nobody wanted it. <laughs> My price was fair considering all the work. What do you mean you, you can't, can't buy parts for it? I can't it? go to I can't go to CarQuest and buy parts for it. They don't. You're, they you're right. I did have to. I had the drums turned uh, at at the shop at Jacob's shop because so, uh, he's got a brake lathe. <laughs> oh, so aren't they the I ten only, inch or the nine inch ones in the normal thirty five and eight two five? The eight no, inch is that the difference? Different. They're different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the nine inch is yeah the early the style drums where they've got the bigger brakes. It's like a nine five versus an eight five drum because I know that it's your rear drum. brakes are bigger. Sean, what were, 
What are you saying, Sean? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a 10-inch, but I could be wrong. Also, if you need a spare 44, I know where there's one sitting in Ashland right now at my buddy's house. A Cherokee 44? A Cherokee 44. Wow. I was staring at it today, asking him what he's doing with it. And he goes, well, if you know anybody, it's uh, it's there. That's what it's doing. Well, how much it's do they first, want for it? I don't know. Um, I could tell you where to go on Facebook to get a hold of him. Uh, what is it? Maylou 4x4 on Facebook. He's got mm-hmm. a bunch of used parts. Mm-hmm. little shout out to him. He gets me a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shameless plug. Shameless plug. I'm sorry I had to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he's been hooking me up a lot recently with some parts. I actually just got new one-ton steering, which is better than JCR steering. One-ton that I have. Uh, Cody, thanks for those ends. I appreciate that. Anytime. <laughs> Let me actually roll off of Cody's uh, locker install because it reminded me of our um, your favorite mod uh, episode that we did where we mm-hmm. talked about mods that we liked. Sean, what do you think is the best Ooh. mod for your off road? Ah. Oh, Ooh, man. Yeah. It can be anything. <laughs> All right. Just... I'm, I'm going to go my favorite mod. I would say would be my slip yoke eliminator. And yes, it's random, I know. But the amount of drive shafts I have snapped have been insane. Even with the slip yoke, but it's so easy to change that it's just, it's a no-brainer. It's, if you don't have a slip yoke eliminator in there, you know, after three inches or bigger, then what's the point of wheeling? You're just going to destroy your shit real quick. Yeah. So... It definitely right, helps out. I I would say that's definitely <laughs> the best thing so far I've done. You watch your mouth. My stock shaft is doing great. Don't you talk about my shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, your shaft's gonna break next weekend. When the next time you're you broke one. I'm I'm jinxing you now. <laughs> I broke a I broke two yokes. I did not break the shaft. That shaft is strong as hell. Luke <laughs> cut that we cut that thing flush, <laughs> centered down into like we twisted up kinda like, you know, those uh those like Tootsie Roll like uh piggy bank style things where you like slide the cap on. Oh, we did that exactly. Welded the thing together. <laughs> He's been running min. I mean, I slammed the hell out of her this weekend on uh, Diff Dragger up at uh, up at Ma Bell. I mean, I got cocked up in a horrible line, and these big like the buggy guys are like, "Dude, you gotta back up out of this thing. Like, there's no way you're going up this like ledge." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? That thing's tiny." And I just was like, "Back up, loaded up the loaded up the trans a little bit, just went." What? Ooh, just, I, mean, I fucking slammed it, popped it up, and just drove away. I'll, like, nothing ever happened, so. I'm I surprised. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm surprised, too. I was just joking. Like, I definitely need an SYE, but I just, like, <laughs> everybody said the uh, Dana 35 wouldn't last. It did, and I needed an SYE. Well, I do. Well, if you want so. an SYE, uh, hit up that shameless plug I just put out there. Um, he he's, gets them all the time. Um, the he's other thing, you want He's you want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about drive shafts real quick. Uh, go go on YouTube. You can see me at Ma Bell. I broke two drive shafts in one day. Look up toilet four by four. I don't remember what year it was on there, but you'll see Papa Smurf in the videos. I almost ran myself over too. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. There's a. Uh, you used <laughs> to be a little Mr. Billy Badass, didn't you? Oh, I, well, I, I, <laughs> I attempted gatekeeper at the end of the day and uh, it didn't go so well. I snapped my 
third drive shaft of the day. Um, and it got pinned up at such an angle that when I backed up to, you know, get on flat ground, semi flat ground to change it out, it, uh, that's what was holding it. It wasn't the gear. I wasn't in park fully. That stopped. It jammed up into the frame rail and held me there. And I went to go smack it out. And I, once I did, I saw it twist and I was like, oh crap, move my head forward and pulled myself out from underneath the Jeep just in time for the tire to end up right where my head was. So mm-hmm. yeah, almost, yeah. yeah, almost took myself out. I learned from that. We're not doing that Always again. secure the Jeep. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. From now on, I'm, I bring a uh, little chalk block with me just in case. That's one of those lessons that gets learned along the way. Just like don't let someone uh, be left alone to do their first set of stiffeners ever without too much yeah. instruction. That does not go all that hot. Is that oh, about mine or Richie's? <laughs> I'm talking about yours. Whoa, yeah, mine are. I mean, it's just I'm not a. Welder. I've done it I mean, a few I... times there, Cody. Well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know what he was talking about. But along with that, yeah, like after getting the 44, I needed to step up because after COVID, there was times like there was a few months that my Jeep was just sitting in Luke's shop that he graciously gave me the time and place for. So yeah, I my after I did the stiffeners, did all that, and honestly, my Jeep would not be here today without like Luke's help, helped Graham help. Richie's help, Sean's help, anybody from the club, like I could just shoot a question into the chat. Somebody's going to respond back or somebody's going to send a link, anything. There's so, so much opening. And not even to mention, like, I didn't even know about the, the whole Ford, I think their F-250 rear shocks. $12 off Rock Auto and they're 16 collapsed, 30 um fully extended. They're sick. They work really well. Actually, I think they're, I think they're 20. 28. I think it's only like a 12 inch shock or 11. I think it's way less than what I thought. Which is still but, fine, um, considering the price. Yeah, for $12. I mean, they're they're pretty blown now because I've just <laughs> used the living shit out of them and stretched them to beyond capacity, used them as limiting straps, which works, but it's not great at all until they start bending and do horrible things. But um, yeah, yeah, the, the club definitely has been one of the best decisions I've made in a while, so... I'm happy that I was able to make that happen and tie it into now to be where I am. So yeah, and it's definitely been nice to see you join and see the progression with that. Um, so Sean, I have to ask, when was the biggest period of time, and was it change or like did it involve uh, any particular members joining? Um. I would say it definitely involved um, a lot of different members joining, um, where the club changed a lot. Um, When we first started out, it was me, my brother, uh, Graham, Jake, Colin, uh, Brady Harris, um, and I can't remember who else exactly. I know there's a couple others. They've recently, you know, over the years, they've kind of all went separate ways. Um, But you know, the last, I would say, three years having the newer members, like, I shouldn't say newer. They're, they've been here three years now. Yeah. Uh, Luke, you joined, and that that helped push the uh, club in a total different way. and Not total different way, but it helped push the club. Yeah, I have to uh, ask, like, 
I know that when I joined, I had definitely the oddest rig that showed up, if not one of the more built rigs that showed up. Like, was there any culture shock with that? Because yep. there was a lot Odd. of culture shock with, uh, <laughs> for me, driving that rig. You Odd were the, the old... Yeah, Odd is definitely the word. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, were, you were definitely the, um, I, I would say, the only buggy, the full-blown buggy in the club. Uh, it wasn't streetable at all, uh, joining. And that that definitely set the club at a different bar. And it, it made people push a little bit further on their rigs, I think. Mm-hmm. But it also, that thing was just, I, I'm going to say it, it was horrible. That thing was horrible. <laughs> I was in it once, and it was a fun little ride. <laughs> it was horrible. And, and and now that I've seen what you've built now in, in that Jeep, and I've actually driven it, and that thing, it's, oh, man, I love driving that. That is a dream. I can't um, wait to I get you up here. Hands. <laughs> yeah, he's driven it. Oh, oh yeah. I did, I did split rock with that. And, uh, dude, it, oh, my God. I would... I'll take that. I'll trade you anytime. <laughs> You're <laughs> more than welcome to take it up the uh, that ledge where Papa Smurf had the issue as well. We've been talking about that. I want to get that going at some point in time because I want to see the difference. Like, I'm not saying I know what to do when it comes to building a suspension, but I want to see what a rig with a three-link and a four-link coilover doubler does and, like, your take on the difference. Oh, I'm sure it'll be way different because I've done split rock a million times and Papa Smurf. I ran it. I did circles waiting for my group to catch up one time. And uh, <laughs> I got bored. I did it like three times. And then the group showed up and was like, all right, let me show you what to do. <laughs> you know, we were running a running an open run um, and I somebody had broken way back. Uh, actually, I don't think they broke. I think their tires were junk. Um, Graham. Oh, that was that was yeah, you yeah. that day. I still that have definitely. some of those tires, and they're still floating around in the club. They're not gone. <laughs> oh God! Oh two, God. One of them is a go. seat now. It's split in half. It's two oh, seats. Wow! Nice. Yeah. yeah. So doing that, doing that rock with your rig compared to my rig at that time, that's it's way different. It's a different ball game. It was so much easier in your rig. It just the build quality was much better. Um, and I, it's not the quality. It's it's just different. Yeah. I mean, going going from my radius arms to a three link is, is just, it, it, it's so much better just going up that rock and going around the opposite or going over the obstacle the proper way and not having to overcorrect certain things because it just falls into place going over was just amazing. So I can only imagine what it'll do at Ma Bell going up that same spot that I rolled. The I'm, only, I'm actually excited to try that. The one thing I have to say is I just realized that my rig is the group whore. Everyone oh, here yeah. has driven it. Oh, uh, well, um, also Collins, I've that thing's a little whore too. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> real quick. I, I personally have seen more people in rig than anyone else. Yeah, well, I throw everyone the keys. It really doesn't matter at this yeah, point. What are I you going to do? You're open to letting people, you know, here, try something a little bit better than what you got, or a little bit more built, I should say, than what you got, and see if that's the place you want to be at. And, you know, you tossed me the keys. I was like, what? All right, are you sure? Like, you're yeah. like, yeah. What well, are you going to do? Damage it? And I was like, 
well, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I think I, I, think I scraped a little rock? bit. <laughs> I think I scraped on split, split Rock a little bit, and you were, you were like, ah, it's just paint, whatever. <laughs> I was like, all right, if you say so. <laughs> um, so real quick, I just want to mention Cody had to depart. It is his anniversary tonight, so we wish him the best. Ah, happy well, anniversary to those two. Mm. Um, so yeah, not, that's enough about my rig. I'm just kind of curious, like with the way that the club has progressed, it's been very rapid. Uh, has that caused any, like, cause you are the president, any managerial changes to it? And like, I know that, uh, some of the people that were just in the club, like Graham have moved towards the board of directors and I've seen him go into NEA meetings and I'm wondering like what kind of changes have happened there. Um, I mean, not, not a crazy amount. My, I mean, a lot of that, the reason why he's gotten into where he's been at is because he's one of, one of the founding members, as I would say, um, he's been here since day one. He's grandfathered in. (laughs) No, it's just, you know, it's a collaboration of everybody in the club and wants them into that position. And that's what we did. Somebody nominated him for it and he got put into that position because he's, he, well, he's, he handles himself well and he speaks well for the club. Um, and I know years ago when my when me and my older brother originally started doing this and we got the club going, um, he I knew right off the bat he wasn't going to stick with it. He always wanted to have a say with the club and the direction, but then it turned into, you know, Sean, I just don't care. I want to just do my family thing. And I said, that's fine. Go do your family thing. Go do whatever you want to do. He sold his rig, got out of it, stayed vice president for a long time and then bailed out. And um, he actually nominated uh, Colin to be that position. So we got him voted in. And then at that point, he said, you know what, let's let's see what a whole new, not whole new board, but let's, let's push the board. Let's make it bigger. Let's, let's get more of the, you know, knowledge up here and see where the club wants to go. And that's when we got, uh, Graham in, uh, Rob Craven. And then we have Jess as a secretary. She just moved up to treasurer. We got, uh, Rob as secretary. And then we have director at large Graham, which is nice. And obviously, we got uh, Colin as the vice president. And, you know, having those different minds from different aspects of, you know, where what they do for wheeling and where they come from has changed the club in a, in a good yeah. direction. It's been, it's been nice. And I get a take because each one of them has their own relationship with everybody in the club. And some people open up differently to different people in the club. And I, you know, I understand that. I don't hold anything against anybody for it at all. And, you know, it's not like we butt heads at all. We're all wicked friendly. It's just sometimes some people don't want to open up to you as much as they're going to open up to the guy that they hang out with more that's Mm -hmm. in the board. And when that happens, it's like, Hey man, I want to see the club go in this direction well hey why don't i say something to the board so then it gets brought back to us and we decide okay yeah i like that let's let's you know see what the rest of the club thinks about it do it yeah so so i gotta ask the same question to the other two people here kish in your time of being with the club what changes have you seen because i know that it's gone through a major shakeup in the past maybe year and a half or so that you've been wheeling with us yeah, uh, I'd say that the biggest change for me was because, l- like you said, I've been with the club for like a year and a half, a member for about a year, where 
when I first started hanging out with the club, it seemed like there was only a very small handful of people that were coming out with the club. And it wasn't a lot of trips that were going on. But then it turned into, you know, we were getting those numbers up and up and up consistently. And, you know, I think you said it earlier, Luke, where we've been doing really well for trips this year, even with all the COVID stuff going on. Which, yeah, I, was, I mean, that that's just great. I was initially concerned because, you know, everything started going down. I think we've talked about this before. But yeah, we kind of really touched turned, on it. It turned on turned out to be one of the best years in in my opinion that I've ever had. Just because, you know, we've got. I think last year it was more, you know, me, Luke, and Colin, and a couple other people consistently going out, and then, you know, we were ushering Cody in and ushering uh, Brandon in and some other people here and there, but I think this year everybody's sort of i feel like more people in general just have rigs and can actually yeah, come yeah. out consistently yeah and i think people are starting to figure out you know what they need to have in order to be reliable enough to make it out once a month which i think is it takes a little bit there's a little bit of a growing pain if you're not used to doing that you yeah there's definitely that setting up the time to work on the rig setting up you know the time to go out for the weekend uh well, as, as someone that. who's in a fairly uh, stock rig, and I, I drive my Jeep every single day for work and everything, one weekend out of the month is super manageable for me. It's beyond manageable. And if, you know, sometimes I can even push two weekends a month, and it's not a big deal. So yeah. it's, it's really showing people that you can actually wheel your daily drive. Like that, will, that's a big. Thing. Yeah, I will. I will my daily, and uh, you know, for me going out once a month isn't too bad. I mean, I gotta shuffle the family stuff around a little bit, but that's not a big deal. It's it's um, you know, when I go out, I I go okay. What do I have for if we go out on a Sunday? You know, I go all right. I'm gonna take it easy today. I'm gonna hit greens, maybe some blues, and just relax the day. But then. If I'm going out on a Saturday, I know I have a Sunday to fix my shit before the week. Then I'm going to yeah. hit blacks, you know, if I can, you know, blues, blacks, whatever I can. If I can attempt something harder, I'm going to try, you know, up to a point. Obviously, I don't want to push my rig too hard. You know, it's funny. I'm in the opposite situation. If I'm going out on a Saturday, it normally means that, like, I went into work uh, for, like, 3 a.m., and then I've clocked out of work by nine and I'm like racing to get up to say Mob Bell because it's about an hour away. That's normally when I do this. Whereas for me, Sunday is like throw the Jeep on the trailer, go beat the snot out of it, deal with it next weekend, be ready to go for the weekend following. Not that big of a deal, but my rig's also different because the three people here daily their rigs. I have a daily a bull rig that's more of a wheeler. You have that option of driving a different vehicle, which is nice. Eventually, I'm going to get there. I'm hoping this winter when I uh, get more stuff lined up to get done to my Jeep, I'm going to have a second vehicle. Yeah, the second vehicle yeah. mod is a major improvement. 
I mean, it's, it's nice just because like, even if you don't have a truck and trailer to tow your rig, as long as you have a second vehicle, it's like, well, I just have to worry about getting the damn turd box home. Yep. It could sit in the front yard for two months for all I care, as long as it gets <laughs> home. Hopefully. And then I can get to work. <laughs> Fair enough. Where I, where I live, I wish I had that option. I'm, I'm at a condo. So parking multiple vehicles and trailer is not, uh, not acceptable. They don't like no, that. No, that's, that's, <laughs> well, that's why thing. condos are stupid. But yeah, I mean, I already get, you know, the eyes looking at me when I pull in. Everybody stares. They know it's me coming. So it's uh, <laughs> parking a, another vehicle there isn't always an option. I mean, unless it's going to be something nice. No trailers allowed. <laughs> you can just put the second vehicle at your parents' house. That's what I do. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I would love to do that, but they're looking to clean up and get out of where they're at, yeah, so I can't, yeah, I can't do that <laughs> as much as I would love to. Uh, I do have other options. It's just, it's not. Eh, I like, yeah. I like driving my Jeep. I've tried driving other vehicles. It just doesn't work for me. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit different driving an F two fifty every day. Uh, mainly, the Jeep gets better gas mileage. I didn't think that would be possible. It is. <laughs> I wouldn't know what that life's about. So, I know Kish answered the question. Graham, what changes have you, like, witnessed in the past couple years? Because I'm kind of interested to hear about that. I know that you've gone from just club member to board member, and we've already discussed your axle swap, but... Just, like, curious about your change in the outlook and everything. Well, I think initially, when I didn't really have any idea what I was doing, or you know, the dynamics of how a club works, um, I mean, it was... I liked the club a lot. It, I mean, it, it taught me a lot right off the bat. I knew it was something that I was going to want to stick with. But I will say, we had not a turnover rate, but... I think initially we always struggled with attendance, just getting people out, because uh, just for various reasons. And I think that's, you know, when you're throwing together a bunch of people who don't necessarily know what kind of commitment they're they're signing up for, which I think we've sort of touched on here and there, you know, throughout this entire uh, conversation, um, it's hard for people to make those commitments when it's you know actually in front of them and they actually have to do it. Um, uh, fortunately, I I was able to to manage it, but a lot of people couldn't. So I think you know, the first year and a half, it was I don't want to call it a weed out phase because it sounds that sounds rude. No, I would, I would call it that. I would definitely it, call it that. Was. That's how you figure out who you know who's who's going to be committed to continue going to things and you know. Yeah, the guy that got the me into the club, uh, he doesn't wheel anymore kind of sad but ethan clayton is the one that actually told me about you guys and that's how i joined up Good yeah he, kid, uh, but... he moved he moved away and then actually i think he's back um he's but back. he hasn't reached out at all i would love to have him back part of it um but yeah you know. i'll have to message him at some point um He's a good dude, but, like, I know that we were working on, I think it was, like, Mountain Valley or something, 4x4, and, um, 
you know, we got the club together and we got it off the ground and we started moving towards NEA stuff. And then all of a sudden we were trying to put together wheel and runs and just that one would arrive. It would be like two rigs going to my bell. And then, oh, guess what? It's two rigs going to my bell. And that kind of was a little rough. And that's why I don't even know if the club's around anymore, but I ended up moving over here. Yeah, um, I'd say it's like you go, Sean. You're you're the president. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, like Graham said, it's it's a weed out period. Your first year, year and a half is gonna be a weed out period. You're gonna find out who's committed, who's not, and then as you slowly, you know, find the people that aren't committed and they kind of drift off, you get that lesser amount that wants to come out and wheel, and then you know you find the people that are out on the trails. You go to Mob Bell because they know about it. You. You find your local guy at the shop down the street that's got a built rig parked out front. And you're like, what do you do? Where have you been? And you <laughs> start talking to him and you invite him out. Um, and that's just how you get the people that want to wheel. You say, hey, you go, you go out wheeling? They're like, yeah, all the time. I'm like, well, where? Because I don't see you on the legal trails. And they're like, well, and then you just say, hey, stop doing illegal. Come wheel with me for a day. And that's how you build the more the, the bigger group that wants to wheel that'll show up and attend you, but you have to go through that weed period. We went through it and we, I want to say we got down our first year. I think there was only like maybe 10 of us by the end of the year that were actually like fully committed to the club. And that was right there. It was, it was tough to keep going. It was, you know, do we end this or do we continue? And a lot of the guys said, yeah, let's keep going. Let's, What's, what's it going to hurt to invite more people? And I said, yeah, all right. Because originally my envision for the club was having that, you know, a family style club with 30, 40 people. But I don't see that happening that big. And obviously didn't get there until recently. I think we're up to around 30. And it does, it feels like a family to me. I can call any one of you and I know you'd jump just yeah. like I would if I got a phone call. You'd jump no matter what happened. Yeah. I yeah. I would say that just about anybody in the club could get a hold of me, and as long as I'm physically able to get to them, if they tell me that they need me for something, I'm on my way. You know, except Luke. Yeah, well, <laughs> screw you too. You have a very long drive to get up here, but <laughs> yeah. Well, well that, that's something we didn't we didn't really touch on, but I think Luke, when you joined the club, it was it was almost like a portal into the people on the you know the western side of Massachusetts and in the Connecticut area right you sort yeah, of we, been you almost you're the main guy out in that area all of us are sort of centered around you know, eastern mass more so well we had another guy out in that area that was actually part of our board um which was Craig and yep. uh unfortunately he's life has taken over and he's Still building his Jeep up. He's getting there, and he sends me Snapchats and updates and everything. And he wants to get it wheeling again. It's just, it's he's got some time to build still. And uh, but he was our, you know, Western Mass guy, and he got yeah. in. You know, I want to say he got us three or four different club members out there at one point. Funny but story. But they all backed off. Funny story about him. But uh, I'm gonna let Cash butt in on this too. We uh, took his truck. And my buggy to my bell. And we bounced up my bell. Got to the top of it. And I, I can't remember what happened. So you're going to have to fill in for me here, Kish. But I, it broke down. And we had to go work on it. What was my, that? My truck? 
Yeah. Oh, so I, of course, parked my truck in the worst possible spot for you to try to go up an obstacle. So I had our friend Preston try to move my truck. And apparently when I hit, uh, when I put my truck in park, I had just blown my rear brake line. So by the Mm. time Preston went to move the truck, he ended up driving into a tree because I had no brakes. (laughs) Yeah, so I think we ended up, didn't we hammer that thing over up there? Yeah, you you popped the hood of the the buggy and you happened to find a little like six inch piece of hard line that had a fitting on one end. And so we just hammered the snot out of it seal it off and then plugged it into uh into my truck to block off the uh the entire rear section line yeah so Uh, i think right at the abs block so we did that and then we were on our way out and we were coming up and there's this blue 80s cherokee which is owned by craig at the time i didn't know him yet but i uh I was just like kind of messing around and we were talking and I was talking to Richie and I'm like, you know, I kind of want to try loading dock. And they're like, yeah, do it. So we did it. And he was like, dude, that was awesome. I forget. I think Richie rode passenger for that. Or were you spotting me for that? I was spotting you. I think Preston was, oh, excuse me, passenger for you. Yeah. And then um, from there, we ended up talking a little bit and suddenly I'm backyard built. There's pictures of my Jeep when I was looking at joining the club. And that was another thing that got me sucked into it. So backyard had pictures of the buggy before you were with the club. Yes, Yes, we did. I remember that. uh, (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Craig asked me, he's like, Hey, you mind if I post these pictures up for the run today? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he posted them up and there was pictures of the buggy. Uh, I think there might've been a video. I'd have to scroll way back to find it, but there's definitely a video of you going up load and dock. I want to say. Yeah. Well, that thing had the right wheelbase for load and dock. Uh, that's one thing me and Graham struggle with when we try it because our rigs are just too short a wheelbase to be able to hit that happily. Um, but that, that kind of just makes me laugh then that, uh, someone else from the club actually saw my truck on a trail. Mm-hmm. That that makes me laugh. But I would kind of agree that I've started to become a hub, but having that two-bay shop makes it super easy for people to swing by and grab parts and whatnot. And, like, I know a lot of people out here, so I end up grabbing parts and parts hoarding them at the shop. I think Graham's got a spare 60 laying around down there. Um, Caitlin's got a Dana 44. Cody's Jeep was built there. Kish's Jeep has been in there multiple times. And it's been an interesting experience because, like, people will ask for help. And it's kind of nice sometimes when you have someone that's really willing to work on something to show up and be like, yeah, I just need the tools and someone to tell me what to do. And when they say that, they mean that. And it's really it's really beneficial because then one hand washes the other and favors have happened down the line that have been awesome. Oh, it's a, a prime example of that, Luke, is me and you. Yeah, well, that I'm going to say separate from the club because we've known each other since freshman year of high school, so. Well, yeah, but you get the point. Yeah, I get the point. 
that's something that me and uh, Miguel and Johnny B and uh, that little small group have been doing recently is uh, we've been hanging out at this tow yard and just working on each other's stuff. And we, you know, one back washes the other. We help each other out as best we can. You know, we're all a bunch of friends and also part of the club. And, uh, you know, it's it definitely helps being able to say, hey, man, I don't have this tool. And him go, well, I got it. Bring it on down. Let's go. Let's get it done. And then, you know, while you're there, you, just, you notice something on his vehicle, you just jump right in and help out. It's definitely nice having that connection with, you know, other club members that are local to you, no matter where you are. Uh, yeah. You're a bit of a drive for me. I would definitely come down. That's why we do that before uh, we do the night before kishes every time. <laughs> I know we did Graham's Caliper, if I remember right. Yep. Uh, that night. Um, we finished my cage that night, too. Uh, what yeah, else? we're usually we're usually building last second, finishing up at uh, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I know there's a time where those guys were up all night working on stuff, getting it ready for the run the next day, and I was very impressed they showed up in time. And I was like, wow, like, how much sleep did you get? They're like, oh, no, we just left the yard. We just finished what we were doing. We're, we loaded up, and we're here now. There was no sleep, no going home. I'm like, oh, all right. Let's do this, this before be the interesting. crash happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have to say no. I'm very – oh, sorry, Graham. That, you, you bring up a good point with uh, Miguel's yard too, Sean. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited that all those guys have started to – uh, you know, come out to runs. I'm really excited to see what happens next year because I think once all the kinks with those buggies and those those jeeps get worked out, we're just going to have a ton of people who are all capable to do all sorts of stuff, and it's not going to be oh well, these three people can't make it out this weekend, so we're just going to call the whole thing off, which has happened a few times. Not. Not so much this year, but years before, it's always been like, well, we just can't get enough people. We can't go yeah. with just, like, two people. That, that right? happened a couple times last. Yeah, yeah last it year it happened a couple. Uh, this year it hasn't happened at all, which is no. uh, so far a very surprise. I'm, I'm quite happy. It's actually, it seems like the group has gotten a lot more active. We've got a lot more people that are wanting to come out and wheel. Uh, we just got what four new prospects in the last two months which is nice um which you know helps grow the club more and that's that's awesome getting new people out there and two of them are just from that group of people i was just mentioning um that are out wheeling and then obviously and also miguel's father he comes out and wheels with, with us too and he's got a one ton xj and yep. you know he's he's always down the wheel he's not much of a club person he doesn't really want to be part of the club um but i'll but invite him just about any time yeah i mean if he's if it's between us having a run and him and you know it's i'll invite him out just to get that run absolutely one thing I have to say that's kind of cool is that Miguel joining has brought another buggy into the club. Now we actually have one of them as a member. I don't count our rigs, and when I say our rigs, I'm talking about Colin Graham and myself as buggies. They're full-bodied one-ton XJs. They are 78% of a buggy. This but is that true. is this it. Is true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, he's he's been a member since day one. Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> he's, he, um, been here the whole time. <laughs> he's been here the whole time. He's just been silent the last three years or two years, whatever okay. it's been. Well, um, three years is a long damn time to yeah, be quiet. Well, 
not throwing he's, shade. I'm glad to see him no, out there. No. He's fun. So am I. It's been um, this year, I think, has been the kick in the butt he needed to get out wheeling again. Um, I know when he stopped wheeling, he came out with the club, I think, twice wheeling. Um, and then it had his transmission explode and then ended up getting that fixed. But in that same process, he was also building a company and had to focus all of his time on that. And this company runs seven days a week. There's no days off. So it's, and finding somebody to work for you doing what he does is not easy. Um, so he was working weekends because nobody wants to work weekends, especially nights and days. And, you know, it, his business is pretty much 24 hour. So for him to get out wheeling was very difficult. So me finally getting down there this year and, kind of like hey can you help me just finish up some parts on my jeep slash i'm gonna need to park another jeep here for parts soon <laughs> yeah i kind of gave him the kick he needed to get going and then i also kind of boosted a couple of my other buddies into it and that was that was cool to see which was nice you know they, they came down started hanging out wrenching and they're like i'm gonna get a jeep and now i've got my buddy john who's part of the club or he's a prospect now and He's owned just in the last six months. I want to say he's on his fourth Jeep. <laughs> so I mean, I, yeah, it's it's a long story, but he yeah. ended up getting two for free buying one, and then now he's got Miguel's old rig. So it's yeah, it's I'm excited to see him and Miguel's girlfriend out because they have rigs that are similarly built to Cody's and Kish's. Yeah, no, those are those are fairly well built. They're not geared um, anything higher than I want to say a four ten, maybe. Uh, I say maybe because I'm not sure. Um, they might even be three seventy three, um, but they're locked front and rear. They got thirty fives, and they're you know half one's a semi caged jeep. It's yeah, it's a caged jeep. She's yeah, got a caged cage. jeep. Um, and then I know that. John's got big goals this winter. He wants to uh, get his fully caged and ready to rock for next year. Right. And he's he's been looking at one tons. He keeps kind of, and I'm like, dude, just stop. You just built your Jeep. Just wheel it as it is. Get to know your Jeep before you go one tons. And then Definitely. he's kind of like, all right, you, you got a point. Because <laughs> this is his first time wheeling. He's never, you know, he's never really been out. Yeah. I mean, I'm just excited, though, because it's like we've got a very solid I'm going to say like a blue black lineup. You know, we've got yeah. Kish, Marvell, uh who else was out there with you guys on that trail, Kish? That was did I get the group or was there Lars? I think that was one I, of Cody's prospects. I was on uh the blue trail. I was not on the blue black trail. Okay. But in the well, previous it, couple runs cuz I haven't been on a bunch of oh, runs well, recently. Oh, battlegrounds. In, in the, in the like at Battlegrounds, it was me, Cody, uh, Lars, that kid with the TJ, I think it was. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think Miner was. Yep. Miner was too. tailing with us. He was. Um, I was running tail on that, and he was just in front of me. He was running with us. Uh, with oh wait, right, ton. Sean, you were with us. Oh yeah, I was there. I just almost I forgot about quiet. you. I stay quiet in the back. <laughs> I like to watch all you guys do stupid things. It's enjoyable. Um, well, yeah, we no, do bring the stupid group. Yeah, um, yeah. Those guys. The we had the new Lars. He's a new prospect. Um, they, I mean, he John is Brian. Yep, yeah. He's. Uh, oh, I gotta send awesome. him. 
think I gotta send him over the paperwork or I have it. Either way, he's gonna he's gonna be prospecting for the club. He should be out again. Um, awesome. We got Jordan who just signed up as well. That's so awesome. That's cool. Yeah, get another girl in into the clubs. Now what we got three, three <laughs> chicks into the club, <laughs> which you don't see often. You really don't. I'm trying to get Morgan more into the sport, but she's. She's hesitant, and she doesn't like the way that my Jeep's built, so it causes a little bit of issues with that. But with the next project that I've discussed on here, the uh, buggy build, I'm putting an auto in it so she can wheel it, because she just does not like the three pedals. It's just her and them are, like, universally opposed, and that's what it is. But I really want to get her in a rig and out on the trail so she can have fun with it as well, and we can have four. Um, uh, that's understandable. I've only wielded standard. Uh, oh no, twice. I forgot I had my TJ, but I wheeled Collins once, and that was the first time I've ever wheeled a stick. And that it went all right. I think I stalled it once. <laughs> His is pretty easy because he's got all the gearing. Oh yeah, all the gearing. It's just that thing is. Well, we'll let Colin explain when he comes up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> well. That's the spotlight. Yeah. I feel bad for stealing Cody's spotlight. I totally didn't mean to. I just got way too wrapped up into it because I love that Jeep. It's just, it's one of my favorite projects that I've worked on. That one in Kish is just because it's very, very entertaining to see what you can do with a mild rig. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, nice to see what you can do with a mild rig. Um. Yeah, it just goes to show you don't need a ton of, ton of cash. I mean, he's got nothing into that thing. He, he, he said he had like three grand, and I was like, "Huh, yeah." Well, I think, I'm even less than mine. Must be nice. I was gonna say, brutal. I think I'm in mine a little bit less because I I just buy other built jeeps with blown up crap for really cheap, and yeah, uh, I know. You know You're the only reason I get anything for a decent price. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know the hook up like, can get you going. I think I have like twenty three, twenty four hundred into my jeep. You know, a, as it sits. Yep. I think just in new. I don't know how much. I don't keep track. I don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. Trust quit, me, no. I'm guessing. I quit keeping track because I realized that I had to stop counting when I got over 7,000 in new parts. Hmm. Um, so I probably have sold a good bit of parts, but I don't know if it's quite made up the fucking difference. Uh, it never does. It won't the ever. way I see it, Hand. I've given up on trying the, to. The way I've seen it is, you're not. You don't want to ever count how much you actually have into it. It's just, you know, you break something, you upgrade it. it that's how it is. You upgrade to the point you're like, oh, well, I don't have any more upgrades. What can uh, I do custom now? Fair enough. So, we're gonna maybe finish this off with a quick fire round for the board of directors. Kish, uh, you got anything that you want to ask? No, you actually covered pretty much all of my questions, Luke. Sorry about that. All right, well then, uh, average trail rating that backyard built would run. Ooh, average trail covered. rating. I would no. We I don't know if we really fully cover it. We're mostly built for blues and blacks, and we yeah. and we got like five or six rigs. It'll go reds all day, so it's maybe not all day, but they'll they'll touch on them. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I do um, actually have a question. Where is our average wheeling location? Like, you know, like, 
what parts of mass and everything just to have the audience have a general idea about backyard it'd be um i would say more like central north central mass yeah um is where we wheel the most there's other properties that we just don't get to because they're you know they're three hours away from where i am like I mine would, from you yeah well you're <laughs> two hours from me so for you to get to one of the properties i'm thinking of would probably be five six hours and it just wouldn't you know i don't see you making it out to that unless you make a weekend of it with a camping trip like we do yeah. in vermont i love that place we we go up to vermont once a year and that's awesome yeah that's that's another part that's very good is the uh the experience you get from the club especially with the club camp yeah wow club camping trips i wish that english would like come to like I, a normal language mm, i wish we could do more club camping trips those are always yeah my those favorite. are my favorite we can yep. do it i was gonna camp out for the uh for the open run we were gonna do i was gonna shoot out saturday night camp overnight in the parking lot and just be there ready to go for the next morning for the open run oh i decided it was gonna be a bit chilly so i just couldn't do it on our way home from uh brookridge me and luke actually passed battle yeah we did go past battlegrounds Battlegrounds is not far from Brookridge. It's, uh, I want to say, about 25 to 30 minutes or so. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not far. You just take a couple back roads, shoot over. It's, it's, like, um, I, I it'd be worth camping out at one of the two. I would definitely be interested yeah, in doing that. That's what I was just going to suggest, like something like wheel Brookridge and then maybe camp at Battleground or some shit, like over by the barn or some shit. I don't um, know if he wants us to camp on his property. I would... Brookridge. I would definitely do Brookridge. Camp. I've camped at Bookridge before. We can definitely do that. Oh, okay. Um, I don't believe there's an extra charge for overnight. If anything, I'd still t- toss the NEA some money anyways. It's worth it because it goes toward the property of owning it and goes towards our next property that we're going to buy through the NEA. Um, so it's worth just throwing a little extra. You know, it's wheeling for the day is 20. And you just throw 10 for camping there for the night because you're going to be out of there first thing in the morning well worth it yeah. and then we shoot over there like you said it's i want to say it's like 30 minutes away it's not far all right fair enough and that is going to be a sweet trip next question this one's for graham what is a prospect because we've covered that but in reference to like when we talk about a prospect you want to explain the prospect process for our, any new listeners because i believe it's fairly standard across the nea if I'm not yeah, positive, I, mean, I will. Yeah, I may, I may. Um, a prospect is just somebody who's looking to join a club, and when you prospect for anything, you know, there's a, a trial period where you, you come and hang out with us and do what we do, for the most part, or whatever you feel comfortable doing, or anything along those lines. And Meet, meet certain requirements. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I feel like before you even become a prospect, you you meet those requirements to some extent, right? I mean, there's well, I mean, you got a conversation before they are even. Yeah, I mean, with us for being a prospect, you got a um, one. There's a, an application fee, which is twenty five dollars, mm-hmm. um, which goes towards your full dues by the time you finish your prospect. Because uh, it's six but, months, right? There's, there's yeah, a, you have there's you have period. six months, and you're supposed to go to four different events, whether it's four club run events or NEA run events. So those count as well as long as you're respectful, then it counts. If you're 
not going to be respectful, then there's no point for you to be in a club. I mean, yeah. just show up with a good attitude and willing to help out where you can, and you're not going to have a problem. Um, so essentially, so yeah, just come out and wheel four times with us in six months, and the rest of the club likes you for 25 bucks. Yeah, and and then yeah, for 25 bucks you get to come wheel with us for six months, four times. If you like it and the club likes you, we vote you in as a full member. You pay the other 25 bucks because our fee is only $50 a year. You get a t-shirt, which is, you know, half that cost right there. But you you then are now a full member. You have voting right on what happens and everything like that. So it's nice. It's easy. Wait, what? Since when has the t-shirt been included? I've been in for what? We're going on the third we year just... and I still haven't gotten one? God damn it, man. Did you, did you not get an original? No. No? I might have your original still. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I also still have... Uh, Gra- uh, not Graham's. You have yours. Um, I have Miguel's original still at my house. I have two original shirts that I've been wondering whose they were. So, if that makes sense. <laughs> All right, well, that would make more sense. Um, I just got my shirt after a year at uh, Berkeley. Yeah, well, that's that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I don't have control of the new shirts. I don't, I don't have them in my possession. And, you know, it's it's hard to have the board members carry those at all times because it's just we don't know who's going to oh, be yeah. where. Even no, if we do fair. know. Just do it. Well, that's the just thing. Even it. if we know you're coming, that person you that has the shirt in there. When we first gave out the shirts, then you'd have your shirt. Boom! There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh God damn it! I'm. I know I'm bad. <laughs> I'll stop breaking my jeep. Um, <laughs> any final stuff, or you guys want to cut it here? Oh, I no. had a final thought, and I really I don't remember. So no, I uh, just want to say thanks for having me on. This was a blast. And uh, let me know the next time you want me to come back. I'd love, love to join you guys again. Yeah, it's yeah, been sure. a great time. I had fun. All right. All right. Well, in that case, don't forget to air up, lock the gate on your way out, and uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>